the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and I have tickets reserved, reserved for tomorrow, tomorrow night for Turkey Coma. Yep, I'm not sure I've looked forward to that enough in uh, as much as I am this year in a while. Anyway, I hope that you have some good plans for that. We'll, we'll talk about Thanksgiving today in our program, and you can join the conversation when you would like to at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You know, one of the things that Jesus says that gets overlooked, but it's a great statement. He's talking to Pilate, and he says in John eighteen thirty seven, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And if I can give you an encouragement as you go to be with your families and maybe you're on the road already, I'm looking at a picture on the freeway already and there's uh, huge traffic somewhere. Maybe there's an accident, but maybe it's just people getting out of town. Maybe you are sitting there right there in that interchange that I'm looking at and you're listening right now. And as you're thinking about that time with your family, maybe you're listening to some news, um, make sure that you're always on the side of truth. And let me tell you why. It's because First of all, as Christians, we need to be on the side of truth. But secondly, a lot of the conversations that go on in our media and uh, that then go on in our social media, then in our conversations with each other, sometimes it has to do with a lot of speculation about terrible things that have gone on, and that speculation is often wrong. And it's embarrassing to be wrong, especially when that speculation involves blaming other people for terrible things. For example, and this is what I want to talk about here for a little while, and we'll get to some fun today talking about Thanksgiving. I want to hear about your favorite Thanksgiving movies and cooking tips and those kinds of things. We'll definitely do that today, but there's some serious things in the news today. You're probably aware of another shooting that happened in Virginia at a Walmart, in Chesapeake, Virginia, at a Walmart. It's pretty terrible. A manager, apparently, with a target list, um, killed a bunch of employees, seven to ten dead depending which article I read recently, and that's a terrible thing. And uh, this is a couple of days after the shooting in Colorado Springs uh, and uh, where many people died, and the mystery in Moscow, Idaho. I don't know if you follow that story, but four university students were stabbed to death a couple of weeks ago, and nobody seems to have a clue even to this day who did it. And uh, it's a wild story, but a big part of that, number one, keep in mind that there are some people who are going to have a terrible Thanksgiving because of these tragedies that they are experiencing in their life, and we want to pray for them and be aware of that. But also, there is a lot of change that happens when these stories get put out there. People, something that has happened in our country with our media, and Christians do this too, and people on the right and left do it, is there seems to be a lot of spin that happens in order to take these tragedies and spin them in a direction that might help you politically in some other ways. For example, the Colorado Springs uh, shooting was at an LGBTQ plus nightclub, and the shooting sp- suspect has been assumed for a couple of days as being somebody who, with a uh, an agenda to kill people who might be gay or part of that uh, LGBTQ community. And uh, that still could be the case, and he's being charged with those things. But an interesting twist to that 
is that last night the shooter's attorney said that the shooter is non-binary and uses they, them pronouns and doesn't want to be called Mr. or Mrs., uses MX, which is mix, which is not male or female. Now, I've got a few thoughts about this, but if, if this is true, then it means that all of the speculation and spin, and particularly the political spin the last couple of days about motive, and especially the blame for the, that motive, which was blamed on, you know, mostly people on the right and Republicans and Donald Trump and whoever else you want to blame for that. All of that was wrong. And our media has has really gone down that road. And this is not the first time something like this has happened. Listen, it is a wicked thing to blame people who are not involved for instigating violence before you actually even know what the details are. And for whatever reason, this is something that happens in our media. And I think that a lot of us jump on board with that kind of thing from time to night, from time to time. And I think it matters for us as believers to have the discipline, the discipline that our culture doesn't want to have, the discipline that our culture doesn't seem to have, and to wait for details to come forward. I was watching as that story came out. I turned on uh, CNN and uh, Allison Camarota, I think is the reporter's name. She was given this news shortly before going on the air. And what's really interesting was to watch her because it threw off everything that she was going to say. She was very likely going to continue the conversation to see who uh, on the right we can blame the shooting on. And it changed all of that. And she is stunned. Here's what she had to say. So attorneys for the accused shooter, Anderson Lee Aldrich, say in new court filings tonight that the suspect now identifies as non-binary. In a footnote to a motion asserting legal privileges, the public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they, them pronouns, and for the purposes of all formal filings, will be addressed as Mix Aldrich. So, in other words, not Mr. or Ms. Now, she isn't quite sure what to do with this because it throws off the agenda there. Now, this this is something that typically happens. These these things come out in time. Okay, evidence gets presented, and you know we find this this stuff out later. And we have to recognize with anything that goes on that this is the case, right? That this we cannot just jump to conclusions. There's things that will come out in the trial that will eventually happen for this person. That uh, who knows what. Um, she then introduces her guests on the program, and she, and and then she has this to say. She's basically speechless. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard from his background. You know, people have been looking into his background, and uh, I don't know if anybody here are you guys lawyers. I no. mean, you know, I don't know if the, I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, th- that's what he's now saying. And by saying people had been looking into his background. What that means is that people had been Googling him online and trying to figure out where he's coming from, and they didn't really find anything. <laughs> and they just assumed, well, he attacked a uh, a place where gay people and LGBTQ people hang out, and so he must have an agenda. Now, maybe he does, because his guests then went on to speculate that the shooter is lying about being non-binary to try to avoid hate crime charges. And I think that's also possible. That was the thought that went through my brain, is that, Really, this is is that what's happening? I think maybe he's making that up. And the thing is, is that today with the society that we have and the way that we will label ourselves or label other people in certain ways, you kind of can just make it up as you go. If you're asking what non-binary is, maybe you hear this once in a while. Non-binary is something that a person might describe themselves is they're basically saying, I'm not I'm neither male nor female. OK, it doesn't necessarily means that they're 
uh, transgender. It just they're saying I'm neither male nor female. And there's a whole lot of writing that's kind of part of the uh, you know applied postmodernism philosophy that says that the idea that there's only male and female is a a Western construct. Okay, now it's not West, not a Western construct. It's what people have thought forever. Okay, there's always been people with gender dysphoria. Don't misunderstand, but it's it's an odd thing that uh, is being said there. And the funny thing about uh, the non-binary thing is that you know binary means two. Okay, so male and female. But the problem with the the non-binary label is it creates a system of being either binary or non-binary, which also is two choices, which means you're still binary. It's just a different binary, and that is a construct. But maybe more importantly is there's not really a scientific test for this. And when this case eventually comes out, it will be interesting to find out if there is evidence for this shooter being, you know, referring to himself as non-binary before the shooting, or is he just making it up? It could be either way. He might be making it up. And But the problem will be who is to say how long a person has to say that they're non-binary for that to be considered true? And what's the proof of it? There's no scientific evidence for that. <clears throat> That's one of the problems of truth that we have in our culture now, is that if you say something you are in, particularly in these areas, people are supposed to just accept it as true. But when it comes to crime, when it comes to things that are serious where it really matters— Now the problem is, is you either have to accept it as true, and in this case, if it's true, and you accept it as true, then I guess it's not a hate crime. But what if he's making it up? Can't really prove it. Then then he's going to get those charges taken away. I don't know, because the the hate crime part of this doesn't really add a lot. He's in trouble for, he will go to prison for life, just without the hate crime part of it. Uh, He killed a bunch of people. Uh, I don't think there's uh, any doubt that he's the shooter. You know, obviously a jury will one day determine that. But he will very, very, very likely uh, go to prison for life, regardless of whether or not the hate crime part sticks. The hate crime part will just add a lot more uh, years to it, meaning less likely for any any sense of parole. Um, So maybe an attorney's telling him to do that. Maybe he's uh, just making that up on his own. Maybe this is something that's true about him. Maybe he went in there and... um, you know, there was somebody specific in there who he was targeting because he is a part of that community. Who knows? We don't know. And the point I'm saying is, is that we're watching the news media get confused now that what they have been saying the last few days may not be actually true. And they say, we've been investigating his background. Well, let's say this is true. Well, then they haven't been investigating his background. They don't know a thing about him. <clears throat> They're just making it up. And that's a big part of truth. See, truth, ultimately, it exists. Reality exists. Reality is persistent. It's something that you can try to avoid for a while. But I heard somebody say once that reality bats last. <clears throat> and when reality bats last, um, you can't avoid it. It'll smack you in the face. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888 And, uh, you know, that Texas is proposing a law saying that if you're pregnant, you can drive in the carpool lane. Did you know that? And um, now the reason they're doing that is because they're trying to put into the legal system the concept that an unborn child is a person. Okay, if an unborn child, you know, the sign says in the carpool lane, you know, uh, two or more persons have to be in the vehicle. And I've always thought it is kind of funny that my kids who can't drive count as persons, whatever age they are. 
right? <clears throat> it's not really a carpool if they can't actually drive. Like, there's no choice in the matter in that case. I'm not really saving any cars from being on the road because they wouldn't be on the road in the first place. Uh, so that's a little bit odd. But that's the way the laws are with, with personhood. And that's really what Texas is trying to do. But I thought to myself, you know, I wish that were a law in California because I would save 20 minutes of my commute on the way home if I could use the carpool lane. And uh, if we're living in an age where men can be pregnant, I'll just tell the officer I'm pregnant. And he can't do a thing about it or else he's a bigot. <laughs> that's, that's the world. We, I'll get a baby on board sign and uh, I'm home 20 minutes early. That'd be awesome. See, that makes no sense. But it's hard to prove if you're going to accept the premise of non-binary and what trans men and trans women, um, if you're going to accept the premise of non-binary and that trans men and trans women are the exact same as biological men or women. And people are going to exploit that, particularly in the area of, of crime and areas where you are really trying to get down to the truth of something. If the truth is relative or if the truth is just determined by something I say it is about myself, and if that's the, the world that we want to live in, we're in a lot of trouble. <clears throat> we're in a lot of trouble, trouble with crime and punishment and other things. So this is saying, and what I'm saying here is that the truth teller needs to be somebody who can acknowledge the different possibilities in an event. So if you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and this comes up, I think it is you become the, the wiser person at the table to not dig in your heels about one side, one version or the other. Oh, yes, it's a hate crime. No, it's not a hate crime. Yes, he's non-binary. No, he's not. Because you don't know. And we don't really know. And those things will come out later. And it really matters because we always want to be known as that wise person and truth teller. It's a great place to be at the table where you're that person. I think when you get older, you learn that. The sooner you learn that, the better it is. I remember the first time I was on a church staff, I was at a big church, and there might have been 25 30 people in a staff meeting and a couple of the guys who were much older. I remember when I, and I was very young when I started there. And I remember that the older guys didn't do much talking. And at first I was disappointed because I really wanted to hear from them about their, about ministry and what they thought about different things. But whenever they did speak, it usually ended the discussion. It was, it was late into a staff meeting. And if there was any disagreement or any question about something, they sat there patiently taking it all in and then wisely saying something that was very persuasive. That's what a truth teller can do. And you become that person who people might lean on in your family, that people in your friend group might lean on that person. And as Christians, this matters. As Christians, this matters because we have something that is the truth that everybody needs right now. That everybody who's hurting right now, everybody who is afraid right now, everybody who is angry right now, everybody who is upset right now, everybody needs this. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the church needs to be trustworthy with that gospel. And sometimes we have a hard time with that if we're not trustworthy with other things as well. People would say, well, you're not really truthful about these other things. How should we, why should we trust you with this? See what I'm saying? It matters. Everybody on the side of Jesus is on the side of truth. And that's something that I think if you're thinking of your role, maybe you have different roles in your Thanksgiving family or your friendship group that you're getting together with. Somebody's the cook. Somebody is the football watcher. Somebody is the guy who's watching the football game on his phone under the table and and trying to get away with it without anybody noticing, but everybody knows. 
somebody is the uh, person who wants to appear helpful, but really all that they've done to help is to say, really smells good this year. And uh, <clears throat> they don't really do anything. Uh, you, you have some kind of role. Think of it this way. Be the truth teller as much as you can. There have been people even who are <clears throat> politicians in this story, by the way, who have been going down the road of making determinations about this shooter in Colorado Springs before the evidence came out. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I do have, you probably noticed, I'm a little hoarse today. You Maybe you can't hear that, but I hear it, you know, in my own head. Um, I've been shake, trying to get rid of this stuff for a little while. I don't think I've got the COVID, but uh, I've had a little cold for a while, so bear with me. Another reason for the turkey coma excitement that I have <clears throat> coming up here. Um, on CNN, another reporter, Victor Blackwell, he's questioning the Colorado Attorney General, Phil Weezer, and who's making the case that this is a hate crime before he knows all of the facts. And here's how that goes. It is very clear that this... This is Phil Weezer. He's the uh, Attorney General, and he's making these statements before the news came out about um, the shooter being non-binary. It is very clear that this was a safe haven. This was known as a club that LGBTQ members went to. It was well, well known. The idea that this was somehow random and wasn't motivated by bias, it's hard to conceive that that's what's going on. Obviously, in a criminal trial, he will have a defense. He could argue that it was random. It was not bias motivated. But there is, in the legal term, what you might call a prima facie case, which is on the basic facts of this, uh, it certainly seems to be a... um, extremely likely scenario that this was bias motivated and we're not quite sure why that's part of the investigation but more facts will emerge and obviously there may be additional reasons to believe it was bias motivated now the cnn reporter victor blackwell is going to respond to this and he makes a great point and i want you to hear it because what he's saying and it stuns this attorney general because this attorney general in that statement that he just made is way outside of what is proper at this point in the investigation and in the conversation and it could actually damage his case You do not want to bring a case against somebody who clearly is a murderer in such a way that a jury might say, now there's reasonable doubt. Because if you made up this part about it, if you're trying to accuse him of things he didn't really do, well, maybe he didn't, you know, it can create a lot of problems. So this is what uh, Victor Blackwell says to him. Now, listen carefully. It is very clear. Listen, in this conversation, you're the one with the law degree, but uh, having covered what happened uh, in Georgia, the, um, the McMichaels who were convicted uh, for killing Ahmaud Arbery. There was social media posting. There, were, there was um, cell phone video. In the Buffalo massacre, in uh, Mother Emanuel, there were racist manifestos. The absence of another um, justification does not necessarily mean the presence of one. So won't you have to have more than just the location and the victims to prove that he went there, even in part, as the law says, uh, to kill people who are part of the LGBTQ community. He makes that's a great question because he points out that in these other cases where there was a hate crime and it was very, very clear, the Armand Aubrey one, very clear from the outside that this was a hate crime, that it was deliberate. There was all kinds of evidence that the guys who did the shooting were, were racist, that they were targeting him as a black person. All of that was really there. It made it very, very clear. And juries and everybody involved in that, in that conviction, ultimately agreed with that. Here, he's pointing out that just because the victims are part of a a certain group of people, that on its own does not make it a hate crime. And we can't go there. We It, it doesn't help any particular group of people either if we just assume that. 
we have to have evidence. And um, the attorney general is also, he tries to back out of it. Listen to him say this now. Listen, in this conversation, you're the one with the law degree. Listen, in this conversation, you're the one with the law degree. But uh, having covered what happened uh, in Georgia, the um, the McMichaels who were convicted uh, for killing Ahmaud Arbery, there was social media posting. There were there was um, cell phone video in the Buffalo massacre in uh, Mother Emanuel. There were racist manifestos. The absence of another um, justification does not necessarily mean the presence of one. So won't you have to? have more than just the location and the victims to prove that he went there, even in part, as the law says, uh, to kill people who are part of the LGBTQ community. As the police chief just said, we're early on in the investigation, and the investigators are going to be thorough and are going to look for all evidence that is relevant and bears on this question. We know that this bias motivation is a state of mind requirement, The facts that this was a well-known LGBTQ club is critical. There are likely to be other facts that are going to get unearthed, that are going to be relevant. Um, That's part of this investigation. So there you see, there's always more evidence. That's the answer that the attorney general should have given at the outset. You know, for whatever reason, there is a political motivation that it seems like everybody has to spin things, including tragedies like these in a certain direction, to that go way beyond the scope of whatever the actual tragedy is. We can't do that. As Christians can, let's, not, let's let that not be us. The people in our families, the people in our relational world, they need us to be the truth tellers. We need to be honest about our mistakes, giving credit where credit is due, and even give credit to those you might disagree with. It matters if it's true. In John eighteen thirty seven, Jesus answers Pilate, who says, you are a king then. He says, you say that I am king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world to testify to the, came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That's something I think that matters greatly. Everybody on the side of truth listens to Jesus Christ. So whatever role you play at your Thanksgiving table with your friends and with your family, with whomever you might be with, maybe you're working on Thanksgiving, you've got one of those kinds of jobs with the people that you're around, Think of yourself as the truth teller, the one who is patient, the one who listens. And when you set yourself up that way, I think you put yourself on the side of Jesus Christ, which is where you want to be. And that is a really good thing. I got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about more about Thanksgiving, maybe some happier subjects. And uh, what role do you play? Do you have a role to play? Are you the cook? If you're the cook, what are some tips that you have for other people who are getting ready to prepare their Thanksgiving dinner? 888-528-2557 is the number. Let us know what are your Thanksgiving tips. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. My fellow Americans, over 350 years ago, a small band of pilgrims after gathering in their first harvest Plymouth colony, invited their friends and neighbors who were Indians to join them in a feast of thanksgiving. Together they sat around their bountiful table and bowed their heads in gratitude to the Lord for all he had bestowed upon them. This week, so many years later, we too will gather with family and friends and after saying grace, carve up a turkey, pass around the cranberries and dressing, and later share slices of pumpkin pie. We Americans have so much for which to be thankful. 
Think of the great expanse of our nation, the rolling hills of our immense farmland. Even in years of drought, as this year has been, the plows and the sweat of America's farmers call forth from our good earth more food than we can possibly eat. So much food that, taken together, our harvests of wheat, corn, soybeans, fruits, vegetables, and all the other bounty of our land make up one of our most important exports. Not only we, but the entire world can be thankful for that. Millions of children across all the continents are happier, healthier, and stronger because of America's farmers. Everybody, Southern California Live. That was President Reagan in 1985 giving a Thanksgiving Day address. We talked about how uh, presidents, most presidents, have given Thanksgiving proclamations or addresses over time. You know, he's talking there about food. And I don't know about you, but the food part of Thanksgiving is very exciting. I think it's very exciting to a lot of us. Um, for some of you, it's maybe a little bit too much. Irma Bombeck once said that in her family, uh, gravy is a beverage. And maybe that's taking it a little bit too far. Um, what are your Thanksgiving plans? And especially when it comes to uh, food, you know, something to be thankful for is that we do have food. And Reagan is still correct that our country is able to provide food around the world. And uh, we have been very, very blessed. Um, <clears throat> what what tips do you have for, for people um, who might be preparing their meal right now? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm interested in uh, your Thanksgiving tips, and especially when it comes to to the food. Are you preparing the meals this year? Are you the one doing that, or are you traveling? Some of you might be in the car right now. Uh, give me a call, 888-528-2557. And uh, what are you up to? Maybe you're in your kitchen getting things ready right now. And are you doing turkey? Did you get a turkey? Did you uh, <clears throat> throw everybody a curveball and get a ham or something else? Uh, did you brine your turkey? You know, when you, you soak it for you know a little while and it just keeps in all of the juice. If you did that, it's probably amazing. I love that. <clears throat> Didn't do that. Uh, maybe it's too late. Uh, but I got a tip for you. Maybe I'll share in a little bit uh, for how to make your turkey a little bit juicier. Uh, if you didn't have the time to uh, to brine it, 888-528-2557 is the number. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. It's great to be here with you. And one of the things I am most thankful for this year is you and uh, this audience at Southern California Live. It's been a privilege to be with you um, this year and uh, coming together as a family, putting the show together. So thank you for being here with me. I hope that you are having a very good Thanksgiving. And uh, you know, one of the weird things about stuff that you might make for Thanksgiving. You, do you get those rolls? Those rolls are like those Hawaiian rolls, and uh, they're super good, right? You can buy them in a two-pack at Costco. They're just really good. You ever read the instructions on that package? I did this a little while ago. I realized the instructions actually say that you're supposed to put them in the oven for a couple of minutes. Did you know that? <clears throat> like the oven at like 250 degrees, pop them in the oven, and uh, leave them in there for a couple of minutes. I've tried that. And I don't think it really works. I think it dries them out a little bit. It's a it's a very interesting thing because I just eat them right out of the package. My kids eat them out of the package. I have to hide those as like candy from my kids. And if we want to serve those at the Thanksgiving meal, well, I gotta I gotta hide them in the garage somewhere. Uh, do you have any uh, any tips? So my tip is don't follow that instruction. Or maybe if you do, you got to put some kind of uh, you got to put some butter on it or do something like that. 888-528-2557. Do you have any cooking tips for uh Thanksgiving or other things? What are your what are your what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? 
Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving food? Rolls used to be mine, <clears throat> and they're still a big one for me. But uh, I pretty much like everything. And I like the traditional stuff. I like the turkey, and I like the stuffing. And I like the, that green bean thing that became popular a few years ago. You, put, you get the green beans, and you mix it with uh, what cream of mushroom soup, and then you put the crispy onions on top. <clears throat> I don't know why, but that's fantastic. And I'm not really a green bean uh, type of guy, right? But that is very, very, uh, I don't know. I look forward to that. Uh, maybe you've got some other things that you do uh, that you really uh, that you really like about Thanksgiving. Give me a call, 888-528-2557. And um, maybe you have some tips and uh I'll get your calls here in uh, just a second, 888-528-2557. You know, lots of people have done this for years. Is there a, a certain Thanksgiving Day tip that you have that you want to give out to people that, you know, maybe it's a secret recipe or a secret way to make your turkey better? I think that's one of the things that people are always looking at. I've got one. I'll share it with you in a l- later, but maybe maybe one of you know that, and, uh, and maybe you have a better idea. So, We'll do that here in in just a second. I'm not a big fan of the cranberries, but it's kind of grown on me. <clears throat> I don't really like pumpkin pie that much, but it's it's kind of grown on me um, a little bit. And uh, you know, I think that um, um, what I you know honestly, what I like more than anything is is after the turkey coma, is the second Thanksgiving meal, the leftovers. And and we're not doing it at our house. We're going to somebody else's house, so we will be without leftovers. And maybe they'll have a bunch and they'll give us some, you know, I don't know, but I don't think so. And uh, I miss that. So uh, maybe I'll go get a turkey and just uh, and just make it and uh, have leftovers. Like, I don't even want to eat it when it's like really, well, I do want to eat it, but it's the leftovers are good. Do you have this experience where sometimes the leftovers are just better? I don't know. <clears throat> what are your Thanksgiving food tips? 888-528-2557, 2557 and uh, we'll get to your calls here in just a second. Um, the turkey is hard. Turkey's a hard, hard bird to uh, to make. And there's a lot of different ways to to prep it and and cook it. And uh, it's funny that turkey is the thing. Is do you have turkey for Christmas also? We've done that before. Where you have turkey for Thanksgiving, then you have turkey leftovers and turkey sandwiches and turkey soup and all kinds of turkey items <clears throat> until. Um, about a week before Christmas, and then you make another turkey for Christmas. And then that lasts you through New Year's, and then you're done with turkey for the year. That's probably why you go with a ham on Easter. What are your food tips for Thanksgiving? 888-528-2557. Althea in Pasadena, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, my tr- my trick was to um, acquire... Um, Fixed a Thanksgiving dinner for on Sunday for the homeless at our in our neighborhood, and so we do a homeless dinner at Thanksgiving. And I made two turkeys, forty pounds total, and I used the oven baking bag, ah. the oven bag that you yeah. used, and it was perfect. I put my turkey upside down ah. so that it's walking like it's walking, and yep. the juices go into the breast. That is a, that was going to anyway. be my my tip is you cook the turkey upside yes. down. Yes, it's yeah, great. It, it's a, it's so a great because it, it just like the bag said. Yep, it was perfect. Now, and so right now I'm making homemade rolls. Skip the 
Hawaiian ones, but homemade rolls, right? Oh, that sounds really good. So are, how many people are you cooking for, Althea? <laughs> uh, I'm going to my nephew's house, and his wife has a lot of siblings. Okay, so, so, you're, anyway, so. you're bringing turkey and rolls? Yeah. Yeah, and pumpkin pie. No, I'm not doing the turkey. My my brother. Oh, they're going to do so. it. All right. Yeah, so we're all bringing stuff from far and wide. All right. So well, I'm making homemade pumpkins. How far do you have yeah, to go? Oh, just to um, Highland Park. All right, so right here in town. Well, that well, sounds. I hope you feel better. Yeah, that's, me too. That's not it's good. <laughs> you know, it's been going on for a while. I feel pretty good, but it's just like it won't quite leave me. It doesn't. Your voice doesn't sound like you right now. <laughs> yeah, no. People are probably listening, going, "Who is this guy that they got on there today?" <clears throat> I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad that you're there where you are. You preach the word, even though you're a DJ, right? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's one way to look at it. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe my voice the, is. Go ahead. They call you the what is it? Something DJ. You know what, there's some ad that they're running where they do call me like the rookie yeah. DJ or something like that. That's it. That's it. That's right. it. But you're a you're a pastor at heart. I love it. Well, I I love it too. Okay, thank you. So, thank you for so listening I can tell. and I can tell. and being a part of our tell. show. Thank you off the okay. happy Thanksgiving. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Take take care. All bye. right. Bye-bye. Um 888-528-2557. What are some of your Thanksgiving favorite foods and maybe some tips on how to how to make them? And uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep my voice up here, but uh, maybe maybe I sound more like a like a 1970s DJ, a little bit scratchy like this, like the Wolfman. How old are you to remember that guy? See, sometimes the the scratchy voice it can it it can do you some some good. You know <clears throat> that actually helped clear my voice. I think I'm going to do that. I'm the Wolfman back here on Thanksgiving Day. The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Some of you. <laughs> It gave me an excuse to do that. I've wanted to do that now for months on this program, and there you go. It's Thanksgiving. We can have some fun. 888-528-2557. The upside-down bird. Let me tell you something, and maybe I meant to ask Althea about this. That's my tip for making your turkey. Now, if you're not brining it, you can do fine in the bag. It helps. Doing it upside-down. But the problem with doing it upside-down that I've experienced, okay, it tastes great. Absolutely tastes great. But when you pull it out of the oven, it looks terrible. It kind of all collapses on itself. That's been my experience. And, you know, it kind of looks like something that Uncle Al got on the road on the way in. That's what it looks like. So you miss out on the social media picture where you're carving the turkey. It just doesn't, it looks pretty terrible, but it tastes really good. It's kind of flat, tastes really good. Anyway, that's that's my idea. Maybe some of you do it a little bit better. What are your Thanksgiving tips, your favorite foods, uh, any Thanksgiving topic at all, give me a call, 888-528-2557. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. 888-528-2557. Talking about Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? What are some of the things that uh, maybe you can give tips for, for people who are cooking meals? What are some Thanksgiving uh, memories, things that you that you like? 888-528-2557. You know, there's an old uh, old clip that, uh, since we were doing some, uh, some 70s stuff in the last hour with the Wolfman, 
um, from an old program called WKRP in Cincinnati. One of the most funny uh, Thanksgiving episodes ever. Maybe you've seen this, but it's a radio station. And what they decide that they're going to do is a, a special uh, promotion to try to promote the radio station. And uh, it's a special Thanksgiving. Here's how it goes. Babies, and now it's time to go to our live remote man on the scene at the Pinedale Shopping Mall for the big WKRP turkey giveaway. So take it away, Les Nessman. This is Les Nessman, your man on the scene here at the Pinedale Shopping Center where the excitement is mounting. All right, so what you have is a scene here of a, a, a radio guy who's uh, standing in front of a supermarket. And uh, they're getting ready to uh, have their special turkey day um, presentation and promotion for the radio station. seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plumbing to, to the earth from only 2,000 feet in the air. There's no parachutes yet. Happy skydivers. I can't tell just yet what they are, but... Oh, my God, they're talking! tuned in, the Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkeys. <laughs> Film at 11. That is from a hilarious Thanksgiving Day episode of uh, Thanksgiving episode of the old program WKRP in Cincinnati. It just always makes me laugh. And at the very end of that, the station manager comes in. He's all covered in turkey feathers. What happens is all the turkeys, uh, they land the helicopters and the turkeys that aren't dead, they start attacking everybody. And uh, he, he, they're looking at him going, why did you think this promotion was a good idea? And this is what he says. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> anyway, it's just a very fun, fun thing. There is so much about Thanksgiving that I think can be a lot of fun. Do you have a uh, Thanksgiving movie or Thanksgiving tradition that you like to do with your family that is a lot of fun? The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. This is Scott Furrow, and uh, I've got a raspy voice today, so uh, maybe it is something that uh, you're, you're, you're noticing. And there's just stuff going around, right? That's, uh, that's happening. So I hope that you're feeling well wherever you are. It seems like <clears throat> everywhere I go, people are a little bit hoarse and sniffling, and they've got other stuff um, going on. And uh, But I hope that you have a, a, a rest this Thanksgiving and that you have good food, some turkey coma, and uh, a really good time. You know, one of my favorite movies is, um, Thanksgiving movies, is uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. 
And, uh, you know, that movie is uh, it's John Candy and um, <clears throat> well, I kind of think it was Steve Martin. You know, and it's just a it's just kind of an old what, 1980s type of uh, of, you know, movie. But it's a it's a great movie about being kind, ultimately. And uh, John Candy's character is really great. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's a it's an OK movie. But I would warn you that there's it got to it got an R rating because of one scene. And uh, there's one scene and there's almost like no bad language in the whole movie, except for one scene where there's 18 F words uh, in about 90 seconds. And it's a scene with Steve Martin at the uh, rental car place. And, uh, you know, I've probably said a few things I shouldn't have said to rental car agents before. So, you know, I think people track with that. But uh, that's a pretty good movie, Um, except for that scene. I'll skip that scene for uh, my kids, but they could probably they could probably watch it. Um, we usually enjoy as a, uh, a family getting together with, uh, uh, friends. We're doing more of a Friendsgiving this year. My parents are coming out for Thanksgiving. Do you have a, a, uh, where are you going this year? Are you traveling a lot? I'm looking at the uh, freeways on the news here. We've got a TV screen next to me and, and the freeways are, are pretty full and, uh, a whole lot going on there. Uh, Charlie Brown has the Thanksgiving special. Here's some of it. What's all the commotion? We've got another holiday to worry about. It seems Thanksgiving Day is upon us. I haven't even finished eating all my Halloween candy. Sally, Thanksgiving is a very important holiday. Ours was the first country in the world to make a national holiday to give thanks. Isn't he the cutest thing? What are you going to do on Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown? My mother and dad and Sally and I are all going over to my grandmother's for dinner. Why don't you come along, Linus? We can hold hands under the table. Yeah! <laughs> <clears throat> it, um, peanut stuff is uh, is really, really great. Do you watch those every year? We we try to watch uh, every one of those. 888-528-2557. What are your Thanksgiving tips or favorite movies, Thanksgiving traditions that you want to share? 888-528-2557. You might be in one of those Thanksgiving traditions right now because you're on the uh, the freeway. Uh, you know what else is a Thanksgiving movie? And a lot of people don't realize it. Rocky. Rocky's a Thanksgiving movie. And uh, that's pretty good. Remember, uh, Rocky and Adrian, they go on their, uh, I think their first date is on uh, Thanksgiving. Sounds like this. Rocky again, you know? Listen, uh, I know you ain't too happy at this moment, you know? But could you do me a favor, you know? I ain't got nobody to spend Thanksgiving with, you know? So, uh, how about maybe you and I, maybe we'll go out together, get something to eat, I don't know, maybe laugh a little bit, who knows, you know? Would you like to, uh, I don't know, would you like to maybe, uh, you know, you and me go out together? What do you think? Would you like to? Have a good time. Rocky was a, a great movie. Rocky was a great movie. Let me um, throw this out at you too. Something that Christy and I have done at Thanksgiving, and we've done it at Christmas. And uh, we're not hosting the Thanksgiving this year, so it's not up to us. But if you're hosting and you've got room at the table, here's something brave. Maybe you can do. Put out on your social media, or put out the word, however you do it, that people are welcome to come to your house for Thanksgiving dinner. If you don't have a place to go for Thanksgiving dinner, 
then come to our house. Put that out there in your social media. You know, one of the things I think that you find, and we have found this, in fact, one time we did this, it was, I can't remember now if it was Christmas or Thanksgiving. We've done this a few times. And we almost always have takers. And the reason that you almost always have takers is because there's people that you know who don't have Thanksgiving plans that maybe they don't have family nearby or they can't travel this year or they have, you know, just some reason why they're not getting together for Thanksgiving. People have different reasons. But people are are reluctant. They're reluctant to say. They're reluctant to say, hey, I don't have anywhere to go on Thanksgiving. <clears throat> I don't know if it's because we feel bad about that or there's some kind of social pressure. So they're probably not going to tell you. People that you work with, you can just send it out in your work email or something. Say, hey, if you don't have a place to go tomorrow, why don't you come to my house? And you know what? The reason you get takers is because there's a lot of people out there. Maybe you're listening and you're just hoping somebody does that. You know, check in with your church or check in with someplace nearby. Maybe it's a good idea to to, uh, volunteer someplace. But if you can invite people to your house, you'll find it to be a blessing. One year we had such a hodgepodge group of people. They were just completely different walks of life. They were uh, a couple of people weren't Christian. A couple of people were Christian. They were old. They were young. They were from, uh, you know, I think we had six generations sitting at our table. It was crazy. And you know what? At first, the conversation was kind of awkward and, and uh, struggled a little bit. But eventually, it was awesome. And that was one of the best meals, holiday meals we've ever had. Christy and I talk about that often. And you know, most of the time, we only get one or two people. That year, for some reason, we got a bunch that year, for some reason, it was just a year, I guess, people needed to uh, needed to come. And I, w- I highly recommend it. you got to be brave. you got to have enough food because you don't know uh, how many people might uh, take you up on it. Maybe you got to limit it to the number of chairs you have or the amount of food that you have or something like that. But uh, I highly recommend that. You, you might change somebody's life simply because you extended an invitation on for Thanksgiving meal. I would encourage you to be to be thankful. Thanksgiving is a time of of giving thanks, to say it out loud, and to praise God out loud for the blessings that you have, the great things that you have. It's not the same as just being thankful. Thanksgiving is a time where we actually give thanks. So I would encourage you to do that. I give thanks for you. Thank you for being a part of our audience at Southern California Live. And uh, we are looking forward to what the Lord's going to do with our show uh, in the future. And uh, I I give thanks to God for my family, for my wife and my boys and uh, the people that we're going to be with. And and I'm hoping that you have a great Thanksgiving and a wonderful time wherever you're going. Safe travels and those things. And uh, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I'm Scott Furrow, and we'll be back as the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.